The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Amen. Joshua chapter 7, as we continue in a series entitled Possessing the Land, and I think we got a little graphic, is that right, Mike? Want to throw that graphic up for me, the Possessing the Land graphic? All right, good. And um, Possessing the Land basically means that God has stuff for us. He's got blessings for us. He's got promises for us. I uh, preached last Wednesday on uh, the, the promises of God out of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. He's given us his great and precious promises that through them we may participate in his divine nature, escaping the corruption that comes from our evil desires. Let me just say this in definition of possessing the land. God has given you promises. God has given me promises. He's given us corporate promises, individual promises, over 7,500 plus promises in the Word of God. The Bible says in 2 Peter, I might get excited this morning. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, that through his promises, we can participate in his divine nature. What does that mean? That by the promises of God, if we stand on them, if we believe them, if we pray them, it allows us to be filled with the divine nature, partnered with the very power of God. Want the power of God in his life? Stand on the promises, believe the promises. Through them, you can partner with his divine nature, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So when you're struggling with some of the evil desires of which our world is being corrupted, if I could use the last verse... You can overcome that stuff by partnering with the promise of God. So if you get an anger problem, get some scriptures on anger. Memorize it. Partner with it. Watch the Holy Spirit explode in your life. You'll overcome anger. Lust, same thing. Greed, same thing. Amen. Addiction, same thing. So possessing the land means to go and forcefully take that which belongs to you. And all that that means... So we're in the midst of this series. We went through, really, from Joshua 1 and, and, and following. We talked about how Joshua's taken over leadership from Moses. Moses had an anger problem, unres unresolved hurts, I believe, at Kadesh Barnea, forfeited going into the promised land. Joshua, the servant of Moses, now becomes the man in charge. And God does miracles through Josh. He does miracles through him. Parts the Jordan, which is absolutely amazing. At flood stage, God does this miracle, parts the Jordan. And Canaan's land hears about it, and their hearts melt, and they're totally freaked out. And all of Israel put their confidence in Joshua, as now God has anointed him to be their leader. And they went through a time of... Uh, of uh, cutting away and a time of rededication, we'll say it that way. And now, uh, last week, we looked at in the first service, but I'm, I'm not going to preach it again. You can get that on the podcast. We talked about how God gave them a plan. God gave them a strategy, a strategy for taking down Jericho. They followed that insane strategy. Interesting, insane for us, totally normal for God. They followed that strategy, not able to, not able to by the decree of the Lord, to even utter a word. And I'm convinced that if they were able to utter a word, they would have said, you know what, this is stupid. Why are we walking around Jericho? And they walked around for seven days, and God came and just kind of squashed the walls. And they had total victory. Joshua partnered with God. He stood before the captain of the host. This angel comes, and Joshua says, hey, you for us or against us? And the angel of the Lord says, no. In application, God's not for you or against you. I mean, really, we need to be for, I mean, he's for you. He loves you. But we need to be in God's corner. It's not so much he's in ours. God's not in your pocket. You need to be in his. He's got a plan. He's got a strategy. Amen. And we need to follow and obey that. And as, if you look at chapter 6, verse 18 talks about some decrees that he gave the children of Israel. They were not to touch any of the accursed things. And God gave them a plan. He says, okay, now, when you rush in there to, to, the, to Jericho after I flatten the walls by the miracle power of God, don't touch any of the stuff. It all belongs to me, says the Lord. He doesn't do that. There's basically seven major cities in the Canaan's land. This is the only city he does that with. But we have a problem, which brings us to the main text. Stand up on your feet. Look at Joshua chapter 7. 
up on your feet if you're able. We just stand in honor of reading of the word. Let's read the word, Joshua 7, verse 1, and uh, until I stop. It's really the whole chapter I'll be preaching from. I'm going to read verse 27 because it's profound. So Jericho is destroyed, and verse 27 says, So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout all the country. Now, we put chapters in there, but how many of you know there weren't chapters? So let's read this whole thing together, if, if I can, from verse 27. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout all the country. But the children of Israel committed trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of, the son of, the son of the tribe of Judah... <laughs> That's my way of getting over words I can't pronounce. Took of the accursing so that the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Verse 2. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua, verse 3, and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. So about 3,000 men went up from there, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, and they chased them. And it goes on to talk about the defeat. Go to, go to verse... Six, and Joshua tore his clothes and fell to, the, fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and all the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Oh, that we would have been content to dwell on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall, we, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off your name for the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? And the Lord said to Joshua, shut up. It's actually not what he says, but it's sort of the same thing. Get up. Why are you on your face like this? Israel's sin. In other words, dude, it's not me. It's you all. There's sin in the camp. And he, he tells them, Israel sinned. They've also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. But they have taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived. And they've also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies but turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do, what you did in the first service, what you're going to do right now. Release truth. Living understanding, God, I pray for each and every one of us. If you have the freedom to pray in your heavenly language, just go ahead and do that right now. Hallelujah. And we give you all the praise for what will take place. Living understanding, God. Not just a lecture. Not just head knowledge. Living understanding. Activated in our hearts. A part of our life. May we be transformed by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. How do you handle defeat? When you've gone through defeat. I, has anybody else besides me been utterly defeated? I've been defeated before. I think about sporting events. I played sports throughout elementary school, middle school, high school, into college. They had a little tool in lacrosse. I played lacrosse. My father put a stick in my hand when I was three years old. It's a North American Indian, a North American, uh, that's a, the, the right way to say that, politically correct, North, North American, Native American game, lacrosse. And I played that from the time I was three. When I was in high school, as a part of a championship team, and what a great opportunity that was. I remember they used to video us, and they would show us the videos of the game, especially when we lost. And if we lost, oh, 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 you were calling on the name of the Lord. Even if you didn't know him, you'd call on him because they'd just whoop you for the next practice plus. plus. I mean, we'd do three days or whatever. I mean, it was just punishment for failing, you know. 
Anyway, in the review of those videos, you would see your friend who missed a block or missed the past or your own, your own messing up, and it would just be like, oh, you just cringe as you watch the game, but you see actually why you lost. You see a lot of balls that were dropped and so on and so forth, and then we would work and do drills. We'd make sure that would never happen again. Has anybody, anybody ever been in those, that position? Here, Joshua, leading God's people. They have gone from strength to strength and from glory to glory. They've been winning, conquering. I mean, who could stop them? They are on a roll. God's with them. Nothing's impossible. They're taking the promised land 40 years in the desert, but the desert years are over. They've moved in. God Almighty is with them. And all of a sudden, everything halts. A screeching halt. They suffered defeat which is just absolutely unthinkable to Joshua. Look at your notes with me. What caused Joshua to, to defeat and, and its response is Jericho, as I said, is, is destroyed and everything has is, is been dedicated to God. And this town, this AI, this small town, rich with heritage, I might say, uh, near Beth-Avon and Bethel, right, right about where... Abraham set his altar to worship the Lord. Beth Avon, by the way, means house of iniquity. Ai is a small town, and it defeats Joshua, and and basically defeats Israel. Joshua sends out spies. The spies come back and have the unmitigated gall to suggest to their general what he should do. You don't want to miss that. I mean, they come back and they say, here's what you need to do. Just send a few thousand guys. It ain't a big deal. Small city. Joshua never talks to God. He never prays. He doesn't do anything like that. He just listens to the voice of his subordinates, thinks it's a good idea, I guess. And he sends them off and it starts a series. It starts a series of sad failures. Joshua is devastated. Now, when they, they lose, he's not only devastated, he lost 36 men. He's devastated because Israel's defeat is this rallying cry for, the, for Canaan's land, the nations that, whose sin has reached their fullness. It's a rallying cry for Canaan's land. Go, ha, they ain't all that bad. God must have abandoned them. Let's go, let's go whoop up a can of whooping on them. Let's bust open a can of whooping. And Joshua begins to pray this prayer. Joshua's face is lying down. The elders, are get this picture. He rips his clothes, picture of repentance. He throws dirt on his head, also a picture of repentance. He falls face to the ground before the ark with all the elders of Israel all day long. And he prays this prayer that... Guy, if you just didn't know it was right here coming out of the mouth of Joshua, you'd think it was one of those stiff-necked grumblers in the middle of the wilderness. Because he prays the same thing. He says the same thing that they said. Oh, God, did you bring it down here to kill us, God? Oh, why'd you cross the Jordan, God? Uh, I mean, he's just whining. He's lost his mind. <laughs> and when you go through some devastation, you go through hard stuff, you could lose your mind. Some of you need to lose your mind and get the mind of Christ. He has lost it altogether. And he is in this pity party. And he voices his despair, look at three, in prayer by saying he made a mistake by going over the Jordan. And he even doubts God's intentions. That's verse eight. So as he's pouring out this despair and complaint before God, God says after a whole day, God's not impressed with his face to the ground. He says, dude, get up. <laughs> Aren't you thankful for the Lord who will just give you a haul off and slap you in love when you need it? Yeah. I've told this story before, but I can't help but think about it again. It's like somebody who just freaks out. You know, they just go in total panic mode and, and they just need a slap. You know, you get a spirit of slap on you. You just, I'll give you a different illustration than the one I've given in the first service. I remember, I think I was, I was about 18 years old and I was living in Mammoth Lakes, California and I was beginning to have a pity party. Oh, 19. Beginning to have a pity party about my life. Oh, I'm talking to my aunt 
adopted aunt, and I'm whining to her about how hopeless it is, and I'm never going to do anything, and she's listening to me, and she's looking at me, and she's just kind of tilting her head, and I keep whining, and I'm crying, and I, I don't know, I don't even know what the situation is, and finally she just goes, she goes, stop it, it's nonsense, I don't want to hear you say it again, I was like, oh, okay, it's like what the Lord does, he just hauls off and slaps shut, get up! And he, he, he gets up, and he begins to describe the problem. He says, I'm not the problem. I, it's not my fault that you don't have anointing and unction and power and authority. You've sinned. And there's sin, and there's defeat, and there's judgment. You've got a problem in the camp there, Josh. And if you don't deal with it, then I'm not going to be with you. And then you can start crying, but it's not going to help you. Israel broke covenant through Achan robbing God. I need to say at this point, when you go through difficulties, if you experience, let me, let me say it like this, if you experience continual defeat, continual loss, ongoing, uh, ongoing loss and problems and accidents and things like that, it could be, everybody say it could be, it could be you're under a curse. So I can't be under a curse, I'm a Christian. Can I tell you something? There, there's Christians that are bound. A Christian can have anything they want to. The question is, can you, can you sin? Can a Christian sin? Yes or no? Yes. So if a Christian can sin, then you can end up cursing yourself. So Israel broke covenant through Achan's robbing of God. And I don't like that. I don't like the fact that Achan, who was mistaken, caused the whole of Israel to be in sin. Look at, look at, we looked at it already, but I mean, verse 18 of chapter 6, it's, it's God saying, verse 19, but the, let's look at verse 19, chapter 6, Joshua. But all the silver, the gold, the vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So all the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets, yeah, <sighs> Achan was there. But like I said, Achan was mistaken. He had wax in his ears or selective hearing or something. I don't know what his problem was. If you look at the sin of Achan and how he confesses, if you look at verse 21, we didn't read it. Verse 20, pardon me. Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. Watch this now. When I saw, when I what? When I saw among the spoils, a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. I coveted them and I took them. And there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. It's fascinating to me and I made you say that, I asked you to say the word saw, say it again. When I, when I saw. What's fascinating about that? It's the same thing that Eve did when she saw the fruit and it wasn't necessarily an apple. When she saw the fruit from the tree that they were not supposed to eat from, she saw it. It looked beautiful and desired it. And she reached out and she took it. Sin, James talks about that and how you can begin to look at something, behold it, and, and begin to think on it. And then when it gives full birth, it becomes sin. It's just a pattern of sin. It's the same in the Garden of Eden. It's the same in Joshua's day. It's the same today. When he saw, I mean, and I think maybe when you know, you know when they're, they're going around, you know, seven days, on the seventh day, they, boop, boop, they blow the trumpet, and the, the walls fall flat. I think maybe, maybe, just maybe, that Achan got hit by a rock in the head. I, I mean, because, I mean, th think about this. Think, think, here he is. Now, the walls go flat, oh, and every man runs up for himself. So there's, they're no longer in ranks. There's no longer order. And everybody's left up to their own character to obey the rules of what God said. I love the fact that they rescue, and you can read it in the text. We didn't read it, but it's in there. Of Rahab, a house of prostitution, becomes a house of salvation because she hangs the scarlet thread out, and they keep their word towards Rahab, and everybody was in her house, and she basically becomes uh, part of Israel and in the lineage of Jesus, which is awesome. It doesn't matter what you've come out of or what you've done. It doesn't matter what your lineage is. What matters is if you believe the Lord God today, today you can have a new lineage. Start today. Amen. 
And so the walls go flat, they all run in, and Achan, just, I mean, come on, think about this. I saw this Babylonian garment. <whistles> nice coat. So, I mean, what's he going to do with that? Is he going to bust it out on Sabbath day? <laughs> How do you like my coat? I mean, could he wear his Babylonian raiment garment? Could he wear it? What are you going to wear it? Are you going to wear it in front of, hey, Josh, you like my coat? Wow, that's fine. That's fine, brother. He's Babylonian. Really, now, where'd you get that? Because uh, we just crossed over. Wait, is he going to wear it? No, he just took it to hide it? If you're being convicted right now, that's probably the Holy Spirit. He's coming. He's putting his finger on some stuff. The wedge of gold. What's he going to do with that? He's just going to bop in, you know, to camp. Look what the Lord has done. Yeah, he, he ripped off God. Well, praise the Lord. Bad idea. The Septuagint, raise your hand if you know what that is. Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures. Everybody say that. Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures. So how many of you know that the New Testament is written in Greek? Okay. When you look at Acts chapter 5, the story of Ananias and Sapphira, and you relate it uh, with this story of mistaken Achan, the same words is used for kept back or took that which belonged to God. It's the same word in the Greek. Kind of amazing. He took the accursed things. Let me say, if you're going to continue to enjoy God's governmental blessings, you've got to remain steadfast and express in his will. God, don't bless, no mess. God will not help you fulfill all that he's called you to if you don't do your part. You do your part, God does his part. And Achan's sin is uncovered and it's purged and it's a horrible story. I mean, he, he's busted. They find out who it is. And, and he basically is stoned and he's killed. And then he's not just stoned and killed. He gets burned. So not just him, mom, sons, daughters, everybody. The whole family is wiped out. In fact, the valley is named after him called the Valley of Achor. I love how it says in the Psalms that he'll make the valley of Achor a door of hope. See, because even though we've, we've been gone through some things or maybe disobeyed God and ended up getting burned or, or rocked, if I could say it that way, God can make the valley of Achor a door of hope on this side of the cross. Thank God. On that side, homie, don't you, homie's dead. In application, really, you need to know this, that if you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing, you will be found out. Because you can't. How do you hide something from Almighty God? How do you hide something from him who sees everything? Yeah, he, our, our, all our secrets are no secrets in heaven. They see it. He knows. He knows everything. And again, I, I do love how in some of the black churches across America, they, 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 would, they would have a, a guest preacher or somebody, uh, a prophetess or somebody, somebody would walk up, and down the, walk up and down the aisles, just make everybody real nervous. They go, sinner, sinner, come on, sinner, where are you at? Where are you at, sinner? Where are you at? They just walk up and down, and people are like, oh, 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 like, oh I repent. They just get freaked out. Thank God he ain't coming down my row. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, but God's on your row. And the point is he sees everything. He sees everything. And <laughs> sin is purged and victory is restored. And victory comes from defeat when the, the cause of the curse is dealt with. I see some light bulbs going on. And people don't even realize that you can actually be living beneath God's highest and best for you. Look, just because we go to church on Sunday morning doesn't make us the candidate for the, all the blessings of God. So Achan, look at Roman numeral three, Achan aborted God's plan for his life by yielding to lust. 
He yielded to lust. He lusted after Babylonian threads. He lusted after the gold. He lusted after the silver. And he took it. He couldn't even use it. He just took it to hide it. So he could go to his tent and go, there's some stuff under my tent. Ooh. Brings us to three things you want to be careful not to touch. There are many messages that you can pull out of this. But uh, I was taught by my mentor and our senior pastor, who's my spiritual father, Dr. Morocco, long, long ago, who said this. He said, Daniel, don't touch three things. You want to be used by God. You want to run the race. You want to finish the course. There's three things that you're not supposed to touch. I'm like, okay, what are they? The gold, the girls, and the glory. Everybody say, the gold, the girls, and the glory. Okay, that's for men now. Women, it's the gold, the well, actually, it could be any gender these days. Jesus, help us. Amen. But in a bygone era, it was girls, because mostly there was pastors that were men, and now we've got women pastors and so on and so forth. But the, the point and the truth is the same. Let's talk about the first thing. The story, don't touch the gold. Everybody say, don't touch the gold. The story is a clear picture of the tithe. I didn't say tie. I said tithe, which means 10%. Look at your notes with me. Jericho was a first fruit of Canaan that belonged to the Lord. All the other cities the Israelites were able to join in having the spoils, but not Jericho. Jericho is the only city out of all seven major cities of all the battles they were to have that he said, I want the whole thing. And it's a picture of the tithe. Now, many people don't understand the concept of the tithe. It's before the law. It's in the law. It's after the law. It's important. God makes it clear that we're in covenant with him. He's a covenant God. Everybody say, he's a covenant-keeping God. Say it. He's a covenant-keeping God. Covenant always involves at least two parties. Now, you have your responsibility, and God has his. And when we follow through on our responsibility, God will do his. And you can see in the book of Malachi, it says uh, that we're to return the tithe to the storehouse to test him. It's the only time it says to test God, test him, prove him in this, and see if we won't throw open windows of heaven. If you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, which uh, at the time was written as a temple, New Testament application is to church, if we bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, God will open windows of heaven. Now, I had the hardest time believing this because I had a money problem. I had just had a problem. Anytime anybody talked about money in church, I got bent. I didn't want to hear it. I thought they were money grubbing. I thought they were trying to get into my pockets. And little did, you know, I, I realized later my wife helping me and my mama, two of some of the most generous people I know, helped me realize that actually the one who had the problem with money was me. And I was always going from paycheck to paycheck, always busted and broke, always having a shortage. And I began to realize I was underneath the curse. And this is what happened to Achan. What Achan had done, it, he had robbed from God. And let me say very pointedly, to not tithe is to rob God. And to see money is more important than God. Look at your neighbor and say, oh, pastor's preaching today. Go ahead, tell him. Pastor's preaching today. Don't rob God. I told a joke once long ago about how you never want to shake hands with a non-tither because he might rip off your rings. And I actually had somebody get so offended that they left the church. And so I repented to them, but it's still true. Okay, praise God. Look, Malachi says, Malachi says that you're cursed with a curse. Now, here's, here's, what, here's what I can hear in the Spirit. Well, I don't tithe, and I got it going on pretty good. Well, do you? Yeah. Yeah, you do, as far as you know. And the other thing is, there's, you know, if, you don't, if you don't know something, then you don't know it. And you don't know if you're missing your destiny, do you? Do you know if you're missing your destiny or not? Well, I don't feel like I am. Well, that's good that you don't feel like it, but how many of you know it's not according to your feelings? There are things that happen by the hand of God when you're in covenant with him. 
And if you're not in covenant with them, and you're not in that way, tithing, which is, which is just really, it's important. If you're not in covenant with them that way, then you could actually be aborting God's plan for your life in its fullness. Oh, I'm not saying you're not saved. Somebody said, Pastor. Somebody said to me, Pastor, is smoking take you to hell? I said, I don't know. I don't think so. It'll make you smell like you've been there. Amen. <laughs> not tithing, I don't think. is. It, I mean, I, I know is, it's not going to take you to hell. But it could very well be derailing you from the fullness of what God has in your life. Now, let me say this. I've been doing this long enough, maybe 20 years almost, to, to see people who've been in the house of God, who've resisted tithing message. And don't worry, I'm going to move on to the second point in a second. Hold on, all right? Resist a tithing message, and, and they say that everything's fine with them. It's all just been great. But you look at their children. Their children don't serve God. Now, I want to tell you, you want to talk about heartbreak? Is when God touches you, you give your heart to him, and you love him with all your heart, and your own flesh and blood doesn't. That is a painful thing. Now, that could have happened very well because it's part of the curse. And their grandchildren don't serve God. I've, I've seen people get their lives destroyed. I've seen people get jobs and tithe and be a part of the local church and serve. And all of a sudden, job becomes so big and so prosperous, they begin to back off. Before you know it, they're not tithing. And their lives end up in a whirlwind of worship of manna. And then soon they don't even go to church anymore. I've seen it. I'll tell you a story long time ago. Everybody say long ago. Long ago, we had a, a, a person who was over our youth ministry. And for some reason, he got the, the, the mistaken, aching idea that he could stop tithing. Now, it was not a staff person. It was a volunteer. And so he ended up in deception, basically, with that. Was leading our youth ministry years ago. And can I tell you what happened to the thriving youth ministry? I mean, it was thriving. They had kids getting saved and the power of God. And all of a sudden, it was like somebody just turned off the water. We couldn't figure out what happened. I didn't know. I mean, I, it's not like I'm looking at people's records all the time. Give me a break. I just trust you and trust you to God. You're going to stand before God. You're going to stand before me. Right? Amen. And so, I, I mean, I didn't know. And here's what happens to our youth group. Nearly every one of the boys that were, that were saved there, in other words, their families were in church, but they, we had bust them in and stuff. Nearly every one of them ends up on drugs, almost all of them. And every one of the girls that we bust in from, from families that were not a part of the church, almost every one of them ended up pregnant. And, so the, and, then, and the youth group got totally destroyed. And the only people that were in the youth group were kids that were from families that served the Lord. And those kids were protected and the other ones got wiped out. And when I found out what happened, we sat in a meeting and wept bitterly because we realized that because of my leader stopping tithing, a curse came on the youth group. Look, this, we're not playing a religious game. This is for real. God's playing for keeps. Those prayers we prayed about those Christians and God's intervention. I'm going to tell you something. You've never been in a corporate prayer meeting where, where something happened? Something happened right there. You could hear it. It's like somebody just hitting a bell. Ding! This is real. Bat battle is real. Lives hang in the balance. And, and you, we really don't have the... the, the uh, it's so prideful to think that you could just do what you want to and, and, and everything be okay. Well, people are wiggling. Look at three. Tithing and giving keeps us free from the love of money. There, there are pastors and preachers around the nation that weep like Joshua is weeping in this text because they're, they're, the body of believers behind them don't tithe and are not able to move forward like God said because people are not. We don't have that problem here. All right, so I'm kind of preaching to the choir. We have a very high percentage of tithers, and I commend you for obeying God. You can never outgive God. There's power in the tithe. There is power. It's going to blow up. It is. It can blow up in your back pocket and rip off part of your akole. That's Hawaiian. 
or it's going to blow up on the, on the enemy and destroy him and rebuke the devourer. It all depends on where it's going to blow up. The 10% going to blow up. Just hopefully not have part of your body with that. Okay. Let me say one more thing about that, and we'll turn, we'll turn you loose on to the next point. Girls, it's not going to get much better, but it does get better at the end. Okay. Many people say, well, I don't, I don't have enough you know, money to tithe. I can't afford to tithe. Yeah, and you never will. And, and what, we, what we've found is that, you know, after you pay off your car, you're always thinking about the next one you're going to get. And after you pay off your house, or you get to a place where you've got more money, you spend it. You always spend the money you have. Now, some people are disciplined to save, and you should do that. You should do the 10-10-80 rule. You should tithe 10%. That's just, that, that belongs to him. Don't rip off God. Amen. You should save 10%, and you should live on 80 Actually, part of the 80%, you should, you should give from that too and make a goal. Hello. That's called the 10 10 80 principle. You gotta learn financial principles or you're gonna stay busted and broken and cursed all your life. I'm just trying to help you. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. All right, I'm glad you guys are encouraged. Jesus, help me move on to the next point. B, the girls. You wanna stay away from the gold? Stay away from the, the girls. And it's basically talking about. Uh, breaking covenant with God through sex. And uh, yes, I said the word sex. That's what I said. You should have been here last week. If you weren't here last week, we really lit it up. Purposes for sex. Pleasure, oneness, and procreation are the three reasons God has created sex. Amen. And it's always in the context of the covenant of marriage. So basically for the believer, if you're a believer, then either you should be in either two places. One, in, in, in marriage and enjoying the blessing of that, or celibate, and there ain't nothing in between. How many of you like the gift of celibacy? I can pray for you if you'd like that. Hallelujah. No, hey, the apostle Paul had that gift. I got to a place in my walk with the Lord where I realized, oh my gosh, I never need to be married again. I'm going to live single and on fire for Jesus. I was in love with the Lord. I still am. I was in love with the Lord and realized I've been set free from relationship addiction. Thanks, Mike. And then it was at that moment that God said, oh, that's right where I want you. Now here's your wife. There she is right there. It's another story. Sex outside of marriage is sin and it brings a curse. Let's all say it out loud. You ready? Sex outside of marriage is sin, and it brings a curse. You see, sex outside of marriage demeans a person. I'm going to move through this quickly, but some of you need to hear it again. Sex outside of marriage demeans a person. See, there's, there's two things in the world. There's people and there's things. People and things. People are supposed to be loved. Things are supposed to be used. So when you're with somebody outside of the context of forever till death do us part, they're a, they're a thing, and you've made them an object for pleasure. You're not treating them like the person of integrity, the person made in the image of God. You're not thinking of them as somebody whose angel sees the face of God every single day. You're not thinking about the fact that they're so significant to God that God sent his one and only begotten son to die on a cross for them. That's how significant they are. And that, that act is the sin, that, the only sin that takes place on the inside of your body. And when you're with somebody just for that purpose... And you can say, you love them, I love them, I love them, good, then marry them. Like love forever, that is. Three. I mean, how, how dare you use another person for a play toy? Okay, three. The sexual act is a covenant act, committing fornication, adultery, break the, break the covenant, bring a curse. The glory, everybody say the glory. I'm moving on. Everybody say we're moving on. We're moving on. The glory is the third thing you don't want to touch. You don't want to touch, you don't want to touch God's gold. You don't want to touch God's girls, all right, or his men. Amen. Amen. And thirdly, you don't want to touch the glory. This past week, I was just so blessed to see the expression of so many different gifts in the body of Christ. And I was really aware of the fact that I don't have those gifts. And it was a little irritating. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, I'm thankful for the way I'm using my gift right now. I can communicate. I understand that. I have a little bit of a gift to do that. There's an anointing. Praise God. Walsam. 
I'm just so not good at other stuff. When you see God giving you favor, giving you blessing and prospering you and using you, don't bust your buttons and stick your chest out and go, that's right. No, you give credit to God. Give credit to God. Give glory to God. I've heard other people say, it's all God, it's all God, it's all God. Well, no, it isn't actually because you had to get your carcass up and do something. I mean, you could have you, you, you stayed in your bed today. You could have watched the game today. You could have been buffeting your body right now. I said buffet. That means eating a lot somewhere. You could be sleeping in. And there's times for that too. You have a gifting from God. God's given you gifts. God's given you talents. Some of you have the marvelous gift of hospitality. But don't let pride get in. And I'm, I'm convinced that's what happened to Joshua and Israel. They were sent. They're going to go conquer the land, possess the land. And they got all cocky. They got just with them. So let's just rock. I just sent a couple people up there. Ain't no big thing. They get wiped out. Why? Sin. All right, look, let's bring some application. What do we do if we failed in this area? Roman number four. Well, first of all, recognize that there's forgiveness in Christ, not for Achan. He, meant he got killed, judgment. But there's forgiveness for you. There's forgiveness for me. If we repent, look at B, repent. Everybody say repent. Yeah, that means turn. Rethink. Do, do, go the another way. Do it God's way. Stop, stop doing it your way. And thirdly, Give yourself fully to Christ. Don't, don't play games with God. Somebody say, well, nothing's happened to me yet. Yeah, you're taking his kindness for weakness. And not as, God, God is not slack in keeping his promises as some count slack is. He's long suffering. He's patient with us. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's his kindness. And he'll bring some crazy bald head preacher with an orange tie right up in your face to tell you about it so that you can be convicted. And don't get mad at me. Come on, this is the word of God I'm preaching to you. Amen. So that what do you do? You ask for forgiveness, start over. Give yourself fully to Christ and, and D, look at D, last point, guard yourself. Everybody say guard yourself. Guard yourself against the snares of the devil. Don't get robbed. Put a guard around you. You know, Wednesday, we have uh, moved into a series that is profound, all right? To me, it's profound. It is packed with revelation on how to avoid deception. And there are doctrines of demons and deceptions out there. Don't kid yourself. We war not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers in dark places. You are in a spiritual battle. Okay? He said, I thought spiritual warfare was in the 90s. It's, it's 80s. Well, it was, but it, it's not passe. Some think that spiritual warfare is just passe. It's not. It's something that you need to add and continue to keep in your life. We need to keep ourselves. We need to guard ourselves. I'm so thankful for my wife. When I get foolish, she slaps the snot out of me, spiritually speaking. And she never does any wrong, so praise the Lord. You're like, no kidding, Pastor. My wife's the same thing. She doesn't ever do any wrong. You're perfect. <laughs> uh, we all, we all, I'm thankful for a, an open relationship that I have with my wife where we can tell each other things where we're going weird. I'm thankful for a staff that surrounds me, Pastor Alex, Minister Micah. Listen, don't surround yourself with yes men. Do not surround yourself with yes men and yes women. We're afraid to tell you the truth because it hurts your feelings. Sometimes your feelings need to be hurt. Why? So that you can change. So you don't abort your destiny and your purpose. So you don't miss the promised land. Can you say amen? All right. Guess what we're going to do right now? We're going to tithe. And some of you might be stepping out in that journey for the very first time. Ushers, would you assist us? Honestly, I don't, I don't really take a lot of time to preach on the tithe, but I did today. And this will help you. 
Amen. If you need an envelope, go ahead, slip your hand up. They'll bring that to you. I know many already got their envelopes in the in their bulletin. <laughs> you, you know, uh, is, it, is it fascinating to you? Because it is to me that Achan, mistaken Achan, ripped God off. He took from the accursed things. And the whole nation, I mean, is that fair? The whole nation is cursed. One dude. His family gets killed, but the whole nation's cursed. It's a, a testament to how God sees us as one. He sees us as a unit, as a body. Now, I am, I'm mindful that people come in, maybe they're here for the first time, and, and if you are, I know it's a strong message, but it's the Word of God. I ain't preaching on the tithe and money every single Sunday, so... But you need to hear messages like this. And I'm mindful that people that come in, maybe they've just gotten saved. They don't know anything about tithe. That's okay. Now you know. And as a covenant people, now we've got a, a real membership, a real membership uh, class coming up on Friday. You want to find out about our doctrine. You want to find out about the vision of the church. You want to find out about where we're going, what we're doing. I'm going to be uh, with you teaching that along with some excerpts from Dr. Morocco and, and preaching to you. If you want to be part of this church, you want to find out where we're going, or you just want to be informed, then you need to sign up and be a part of that. We'll, we'll feed you dinner. Amen. You come. It's about three hours long. And it's a profound class on church history and the vision of where we're going and all of our doctrine too. So that's an important class to go to. Now, at the end of that class, we give an opportunity for people to say, yes, I want to be in covenant. Usher, who'd you come? Yes, I want to be in covenant. Now, they sign a card and that's our formal membership. You say, pastor, does everybody have to be a formal member? No. There's no forcing. You can keep coming to church here, but we believe in covenant relationships and that's why we have it. Now, Here's the thing. Here's why I believe uh, as a people, as a church, God's blessing us so much. And he is profoundly blessing us. And I believe the reason is, is because the percentage of people who are formal members that tithe is extremely high. And I believe because of that, God is, is blessing us. All the people that are in leadership here, they're all tithers. At least they've signed a thing and say that they are. I'm not running around looking at people's little checklist, who tithed, what, I don't do that. Unless God speaks to me, because I'm never going through another youth thing like that. I'm never gonna have that happen under my leadership. I'm gonna believe that God will speak to me or whatever, but I'm, I'm not like hunting around with, you know, with my police, you know, tithing police hat on. You know that actually happens in some crazy places? You didn't tithe this week. Oh my gosh, get away from a controlling place like that. If you end up in a place, run, run. They call you to say, Andy, did you turn in your time? Just run, <laughs> run. Amen, very personal things between you and the Lord. But all the people in leadership here, they're all in covenant. We're all tithers and givers. And I believe that's one of the reasons we're blessed. We want you blessed. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. Let's pray right now. Father, in Jesus' name. We return, Lord, our tithe to you. And we pray now <coughs> of rebuking the devourer and opening up of the windows of heaven to pour out such a blessing that have room enough to receive it. Thank you that the curse of poverty does not live here. We are blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in, blessed going out. Lord, we will be prospered by your mighty hand. Lord, for the sake of the kingdom of God, even the blessing of Abraham rests upon us. That you blessed Abraham in all things. You would bless us in all things. Blessed that we might be a... Don't miss that. Blessed that we might be a blessing, expanding your kingdom, even with violence. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, go right ahead.
you can put those lyrics up and be great. the service, but before I do, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you are not right with God, you found yourself violating His covenant, you found yourself drifted away from God, maybe, maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus. Going to church doesn't make it, it won't get you into heaven any more than being baptized gets you into heaven. There's only one thing, and that's by believing on the Lord Jesus and at receiving his free gift of salvation because he died on a cross for your sin and mine. He rose again from the grave for us. And the Bible says if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth, we shall be saved. The Bible says in the book of Acts that all who call upon the Lord shall be saved. There's a new life that God has for you. There's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. You say, well, I, I, I haven't been doing hardly anything right. Well. Welcome to the club. Get right with God. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory. Come on, give your life to Jesus today. Don't play games. Don't wait. Say, I'm not ready. You never will be. Say, I'm waiting for my ship. Your ship sank. Give your heart to Jesus today. Don't wait. Don't wait another service. I can't make your heart beat faster within your chest. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Give your heart to God for the first time or in recommitment. Is anybody here that needs to give their heart to Jesus for the first time or recommit your life to him? Slip your hand up now. Slip your hand up right now. God bless you. Anybody else? Thank you for your honesty. Thank you, son. God bless you. God bless you back there. I see that hand over on this side. You want to get right with God? Anybody? All right. Praise the Lord. Online, perhaps. Come on, let's pray this and then we'll close. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. I'm sorry. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray. Fill these right now. Heal every wound, break every bondage, touch every heart. Use them, God. Use us for the purpose for which we were created. That we would never abort your plan. Be sensitive to you and your leading. As far as it depends on us, God, we live at peace with one another. We won't touch the gold won't touch the girls of the glory we will not abort your plan we will possess the land say it with me we will possess the land in jesus name bless your people cause your face to shine upon them lift up your countenance towards them be gracious to them keep them give them peace in jesus name amen we'll hope to see you tonight six o'clock sign up for the membership class if you so desire we love you praise the lord Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.